Troy Lund is an actor and musician based out of Seattle, Washington, and he is also a part of that famed Mizzou crew. I'm really grateful that he took some time to have this conversation. It was good catching up to him. This is JLP number 45 with Mr. Troy Lund. Trouble T. Hey. What's good? Good, man. How you doing? Hold on. I have to turn I can't the mic complain. a little bit. Mike's a little hot. Mike's a little hot. Mike's always hot when you're on it. Hey, there you go. <laughs> if I get ran up on it. <laughs> Cheers, man. How you Change, doing? Change to you, too. Oh, I didn't bring I just brought the water. But that's, mm. that's all right. You're not you going to smoke a cigar while you do this? Uh, you know, I um, we're in a new house. And oh. I haven't haven't found my cigar spot in the house yet. Okay, fair it, enough. It might be the garage. Yeah, but that could be fun. That could be fun in itself. How was your softball game? I was good. Uh, we lost twenty two to twenty one. God, you just love fucking games like that. That just <laughs> so not a lot of defense. <laughs> what do you want defense for in softball, though? Boo! Exactly. That's we had like a play. shot though. We had a shot though. We we were um we were down two in the bottom of the uh seventh, the final uh-huh. inning, and we had two runners on and our like big home run hitter came up to the plate. Uh-huh. Uh but he <clears throat> uh did not hit a home run. He hit a line drive and one of the runners scored, and I was coaching third base and I held the second runner. Oh, um, did they hate you for it? Yeah, I probably should have said him, but he 100% would have been out at the plate. But then, uh, you know, at least it was like, at least that would have been like an exciting play at the plate. Right, right. Instead of then the next batter comes up and hits a little uh, blooper, infield blooper to the pitcher. And so, right. I mean, I miss, I miss playing softball. I don't play, I don't get to play that much softball anymore. The last time I played softball, I, it, it was for like a team where I worked at and I was in, I was doing what you were doing. I was at, I was at third base. I was, at, I was third base coaching. Somebody's got a hit and somebody was coming around to score and I was waving them in. They stopped at third, looked at me and then started going again and got thrown out. Yeah. And I got crap for waving the mints. Oh, you shouldn't have waved the in. I'm like, no, they shouldn't have stopped at third while I'm waving them in. You got to pick up your third base coach <laughs> as you're rounding second base. And I'm Come sitting there, there, I'm standing there just going like this. And what is and this reading? And they stop. Yeah. That's right. Some sort of guitar player. Are you cooling me off? Are you? <laughs> but that was it. That was that was the end of my uh, softball day. That's good. Do you play every weekend? Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we just figured out our, our team started in 2004. Okay. Um, and then we play usually like three times a year. There's spring, summer, and fall. Okay. Um, and then sometimes winter. And we, we recently went back and counted uh, all of the, the different leagues we played in. Okay. And this next coming league so we've got one more week in this current league and then and then the big summer tournament. Um, and then the league after that, the fall league of this year, is our 50th league 
the 50th like league we've played in. Jesus. So you guys, are, you guys are serious. I am. Well, we, we, so, I mean, there, we drink a lot. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just another form of socialization, but yeah. you guys, you guys keep it together. That's the best part about it. It's fun. And it's like, it's actually a handful of Missouri people. That's, that's how it started was a bunch of Missouri people who moved out to Seattle. Uh-huh. And then we started playing together. Right. Um, and then it turned into a bunch of, um, a handful of film industry people. Okay. Uh, and, and then now it's just kind of like friends of friends of friends of friends. It's just kind of our network. Yeah. It kind of landed out. What, 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 what's your weather like? Cause I, the Pacific Northwest has been like hit with like weird freaking, like you guys are setting records and not by like one or two degrees, but like 15 oh, yeah. degrees higher than, than what you're normally used to. And is, is that still going on? It was crazy. Um, we had, Normally, the summers out here are like perfect, like seventy-five yeah. to eighty-five, sunny, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, we had uh, a couple weeks ago three days in a row of over a hundred degrees. Ooh. Literally, never happened before out here. It's like um, it's it's insane. If it gets into the nineties around here, people start mm-hmm. freaking out because. Like less than half of the buildings have air conditioning because you don't really need it. Oh, really? Okay. So, um, people, you know, if it's going to be, if it's going to like soar into the 90s, then everyone freaks out and goes out and buys box fans and Mm -hmm. air conditioners and all this other stuff. Um, So, when it, three days of over 100, it's the first time that's ever happened. And then we also set a record. Um, of the fastest cool down ever recorded, it went from 110 to 65 degrees. Oh my god! Like less than 24 hours. Yeah. Oh my god. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it was insane. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's amazing when that, when stuff like that happens. It really. I was listening to uh, um uh, to somebody on the radio. And they said that there are things that, that happen that are sort of like a test of your infrastructure. Because like you said, most of the buildings or over half of the buildings don't have central air conditioning because yeah. there's no, you know, if 80 is going to be your high, well, then, you know, why spend money on air conditioning? But then you get yeah. days like then you get days like this where you need it. And, and it's not just for I'm assuming it's not just for, you know, people. You want people to be comfortable. But then you have, you know, like keeping equipment at a certain temperature and, and you know, if you're. If you work in the data centers and stuff like that, that's that's got to have a certain cooling mechanism to it that probably gets tested yeah. as well. Yeah, one of those uh, days that we got up to, I think I heard one ten, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think where we were it got that hot, but definitely over like a hundred and five. Right. Um, we actually had a softball game, and we everyone just assumed it was going to get canceled for heat, but they didn't cancel it, so we played, and. Um, People's like cell phones were shutting down from yeah. like, overheating. From overheating stuff, yeah, yeah. It's it was it was crazy. Um, and now it's um, now it's back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, today was like 80, 85 degrees and okay, sunny and regular, regular, regular. <laughs> yeah, back to normal, regular. Okay. Back to normal. What is uh is is like your uh is your COVID situation now like dying down? Is everybody uh are you guys opening up or, or 
Yeah. Um, about a month ago. Well, let's see. I guess about where are we at? The, no, about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. they um, officially like took back the mask mandate and uh, allowed everyone to open up at 100 percent. But actually, a lot of places still are only doing like 50 percent capacity. Oh, really? By choice? Yeah. Yeah. Um, OK. And some places still a lot of places will have a sign up saying, like, if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask. OK. Um, I, I, I don't understand those signs, though, because you can't yeah. you can't ask people if they're vaccinated. Yeah. So no, you can't. <laughs> So, or, or the one I saw the other day said, um, if you're not wearing a mask, congratulations on being fully vaccinated. I was like, oh, that's a very <laughs> passive, that's a very, like a very passive aggressive. <laughs> it's funny, man. You run into, you run into some people in groups that are so like, uh, like sanctimonious about this stuff. Yeah. You know, and I understand people, you know, people were trying to be cautious and whatnot, but then just the, the entire assumption that you must like follow, uh, like you must like fall in line or, or with everything or uh, uh-huh. I should feel safe. I, I have to feel safe. Therefore, you have to do certain things. Yeah. Uh, to yeah, make it's, safe. It's, 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 I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And there's so much around here for the most part. I think our, our vaccination rates are pretty high. Mm-hmm. So the, the like reinfection rates and the breakthrough rates and stuff are, are fairly low. Um, I had a, conver- a conversation with uh, someone recently who was, I was, was pretty drunk and okay. kind of was going off on, uh, well, cause you know, Bill Gates lives around here. So there's a lot of Bill Gates chatter. Uh-huh. Um, and someone was talking about how, you know, the, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation, one of, their biggest things is overcoming in general poverty in the world. But that for the most part means like clean water, um, power, those things, but also Mm -hmm. overpopulation. And one of his big things that he's talked about over the years is overpopulation. And so uh, this guy was talking about how he was convinced that Bill Gates manufactured the vaccine so that he could create the, or sorry, manufactured the the virus, so, ah, that, he could, okay. so that he could create the vaccine that would uh, um, would uh, sterilize the population. So, if wow. you get the vaccine, you're now sterile. So, wow, no, no birth control necessary anymore. Oh man, that's a that's a long way to go for, for, because you don't like <laughs> yeah. Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah, right. That's, that's just. A- that's like when you're, I, I, it's one of those urban legends. Like, I, I'm curious if you heard this, like when you were a kid and you would go buy like a box of Cracker Jacks, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's the toy inside the Cracker Jacks. One of the toys sometimes was a tattoo, a little lick and stick okay. tattoo. And there was this rumor floating around our town that like, oh no, don't, um, don't, don't, don't lick and stick those tattoos because they have acid in them. And um, (laughs) at the time I was like, Oh oh, yeah. Okay. Um, Buy me a case, buy me a case of Cracker Jacks. I got to get that one. You're just giving away free acid. Like what? (laughs) Who's, who's doing that? Nabisco. 
There were these. Uh, we no, we didn't have uh, the Cracker Jack one. We had uh, uh, when I was growing up, Pop Rocks. Mm. Pop Rocks was the thing that I think it's supposed to make you sterile, or Pop Rocks was like a low. It was like a low dose of of acid or something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. If if, if you did uh, if you did Pop Rocks, or don't uh, don't uh, you're not supposed to mix Pop Rocks with anything. Oh yeah, Pop uh, Rocks because, and soda. Your belly. Yes. Yes. I love sitting down with people from different parts of the country and talking about like urban legends and like weird random things that you, you know, like they're like in, in parking lots of the mall that people will hide under your cars and slash your ankles with a razor blade or like weird. I was like, that was one I heard in high school. I was like, what? Uh -huh. Who's going to hide under my car and slash my ankle? I want, I just step on their hand and then run over them. Like, that's the dumbest attack tactic. Yeah, ever. unless it's an unless it's a horror movie. If it's a horror yeah. movie, it's gotta yeah. last forever. Yeah. There exactly. was a I saw um what was it like Halloween whatever like thirty seven or whatever like um, Jamie Lee Curtis is all grown now, but Michael Myers has still got a hold of her and he's still finding her and and shit like that. And yeah. there was this scene, and I caught it like flipping channels, and there was a scene where. Uh, she, he, I guess she captured him. He's in the car. Uh, he gets out of how, however she's holding him. She slams the brakes. He flies through the window. Mm. He's out there in the middle of the road with her in a moving van. And yeah. you would think that this is a no-brainer. Okay, hit the gas. And, Run over him. You know, back up and do it again. You know? Yeah. And, then, and then just keep doing that. Yeah, but it's, a, but, it's, but it's a movie. So she hits the gas, uh, you know, hits him. He, of course, hangs on to the car and yeah. rolls over some cliff. And, uh, you know, she's mortally wounded. But, of course, Michael Myers can't, uh, uh, can't die. So he's gone. He bounced. Of course. Yeah. Well, because, you know, can't be killed. Well, what was it? Um, uh, was it... Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter, um, uh, where Corey Feldman at the end <laughs> takes a machete and just literally just like chop Jason into like like a hundred pieces. And then magically there there are six other movies after that. There he's back. Yeah, you go. Can't get him. So there's probably some sort of um uh inside the world uh explanation for how that happens but yeah i don't know now we've now we've gone completely off the rails yeah we've gone completely off the rails now now we have uh it's all it's all superheroes <laughs> everything's a superhero now a yeah, superhero right. movie exactly is that how many and how many times are you going to just fuck up new york and just and just get away with it. There's somebody needs to make a movie of like New York just saying, look, we really don't want any more superheroes. Yeah. Because you guys tend to break more shit than you actually help us. We're good. We're good. We'll 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 figure it out. We'll you know, we got a crappy mayor, so we'll we'll, we'll I saw it. something I, I wish I could remember what movie it was. I, I think it was um one of it was well, like one of the Avenger movies where yeah my but they were talking about someone did uh, an analysis of how much damage they actually did to okay. like the city at some point. And they were like, yeah, they would have, 
they would have easily killed like a hundred and fifty thousand people and done <laughs> billions of dollars of damage. Um, but that they just kind of gloss over all that. Yeah. Oh yes, but he has nice costumes. Yeah. Well, and right. they, and they got the bad guys. They got the bad guys who are there probably because you're there. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Go go fuck up uh, Detroit or something. <laughs> just go screw some other part of the part of the world. How about just fight a, out in rural Kansas? Is that too much to ask? In a field. That's a lot of land over there. Yeah, right. You destroy <laughs> some crops. You destroy some soybean and some wheat crops, but that's it. That's that'll, that'll, that'll be back next year. Are, are you in the same place you were when I when I uh, when I took a shit in your house uh, last time? I am eleven years ago today. I How know. I saw that? when you sent that email. I was like, "Holy shit! How freaking uh, coincidental is that?" Yeah, that was totally random. Um, I was just like scrolling through my my suggested memories and it was like what no this can't be right and then looked and was like oh yeah no 11 years ago today how how cool is that so yeah no i'm uh up in north seattle mm-hmm. um kind of out here in the residential area uh but i love it here it's great i'm i was actually planning on moving to la after graduating uh from mizzou and um mm-hmm kind of got sidetracked coming up to Seattle. It was like, mm-hmm. eh, it was the nineties, you know, there was music up here. Cause yeah. you know, I played the drums and I was like, okay, there's a good music scene there at the time. There was a fantastic film industry up here. Um, they were shooting, shooting uh, Northern exposure still. So there was a episodic up here. Mm-hmm. They were filming all kinds of um, filming, all kinds of feature films. Uh, Seattle was kind of the hot spot, And then, and you're also close. You're also close to Vancouver, right? And Vancouver yeah. has Vancouver's yeah. got a huge uh, uh, movie uh, movie scene too. Yeah, yeah. Vancouver, Seattle, kind of screwed up because they had all this film industry here, and then the city, instead of trying to capitalize on it and like foster it, the city decided to try to make money off it. So they <sighs> they made it like more difficult to get permits, and more it became really expensive. Like and at the same time, Vancouver and Portland, Oregon, were both going out of their way to try to draw production to their cities. So they started offering, they started building sound stages and 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 building this this film infrastructure mm-hmm. and, and offering these huge um, tax incentives. And so all of a sudden, everyone's like, "Well, we'll just say it's set in Seattle, but we'll shoot." Yeah. Vancouver. Um, yeah, that's to the and, north and south of you. Yeah, so we kind of we kind of got screwed, but oh, yeah, that's got to suck. But the but you got the Seattle Kraken coming next year. We do, we do. The expansion draft is happening. I think this coming week. Is it really? Yeah, people are really excited about it. I I remember seeing that uh, that that promo video. Yeah, and and I, I'm not a hockey fan, but I got excited. I was like, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. this is. Uh, this, is, this might be worth it. Yeah, and in in true Seattle style, the arena where they're playing, it used to be called Key Arena, where the, the Supersonics okay. used to play there. Mm-hmm. Um, I miss that. I miss NBA. I was a season ticket holder um, for the Sonics. Um, and uh, we have a, uh, I, I want to call it minor league. It's, it's the Canadian League hockey. They have okay. a Eastern League and a Western League. We have a Western Hockey League team. 
here in town, the Seattle Thunderbirds. Okay. It's all like 16 to 21 year old kids. They scrap. It's awesome. It's so much fun to watch. <laughs> oh man. They just, their whole, they just want to fight all the time. Um, but uh, the Sonics and the Thunderbirds used to play at Key Arena. Um, now the Sonics are gone. The Thunderbirds mm-hmm. moved um, down south to a, 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 out to the suburbs. Um, and they completely gutted and revamped Key Arena. Um, for specifically for the Kraken um, and Amazon bought the naming rights and it is, it is now named climate pledge arena, climate pledge arena. Yeah. So we've got the the worst named arena in (laughs) NHL. Um, But uh, the, the locals here, all the hockey folk have um, because of, because of the Kraken have started calling it the crack house. Okay. And and, that's awesome. Yeah, right. It's 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 cool, and they're and 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 the fans are calling themselves crackheads, um, but uh, yeah, now there's a little bit of a backlash to that. People are like, "Is it really?" Actually, if 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 we could refrain from calling from using terms like crack house and crackhead, because crack cocaine was an epidemic created in the oh. 1980s by the government to control God. urban populations and. It's hard to have fun anymore, I guess. Oh my god, <laughs> you're gonna fuck that up too. You just, <laughs> yeah. It's there's um there's 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 um there's a lot of uh, very politically correct people yeah. out here. Well, you you, uh, you live in a, you live in a very interesting area in a very interesting time because you have a very very progressive part of your population, and then. Not too far from you, you have the get off my porch part of your uh, population, and you and, and that line is like very, very like you're not far from each other. Yeah, you know, and, and it's kind of interesting how things turn out. I remember reading about the, your your uh, your infamous uh, Chaz area. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I just remember saying, just saying that's not gonna work out. That's yeah, that's not. Nah, that's come yeah. on. It's funny. They then they tried to rebrand it because it was Chaz, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then they tried. Re- and then they were like, "Oh, that sounds like a weird, entitled, like frat guy name." Like, and plus, I think it's Chaz better. Bono. <laughs> and so they um, they renamed it Chop, the Capitol Hill Occupied Protest, and that's what it became. And it's it's really it's funny for months, even still. I mean, that was a year ago plus. Mm-hmm. And every now and then I'll still get someone be like, so like, what's the deal with the riots, man? Do you have to like deal with riots? And I'm like, no, that was, first of all, that was a two block radius mm-hmm. um, of a very specific neighborhood. And it lasted like a couple of weeks. Um, and if you went there during the day, there were, they were like, showing movies on a big screen. They had bands playing. There were first aid tents. There was free food. There was free water. People were um, giving lectures on activism. You could sign petitions. It was, mm-hmm. it was very, it, now, because, because it was surrounding the East Precinct building, um, and when they eventually decided to pull out, when the police decided to pull out of, because they said, well, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do the protesters want? And they were like, we want you gone. So the police were like, okay. Right. 
and and they left they they pulled out of the neighborhood and they said they boarded up their building and they fenced off their mm -hmm. precinct and they're like you guys you got it you're you're in charge um and it was great during the day and then at night it got a little um chaotic and right there were definitely like stabbings and shootings and oh, it, it got pretty got pretty gnarly at night um uh and then eventually that kind of all um I don't want to say fizzled out because people were still protesting, but the sort of the violent aspect went away and it just turned into pro, you know, more of like a organized, like regular organized, organized protesting. protest. Uh -huh. um, and then some of the people who were involved in that whole project are now running for city council and uh, taking over positions in local government, which is, I think great. It's like okay, that yeah. that makes sense to me. Like you, if you want to enact change, um, start getting involved. So, yeah, get involved in that sense. Yeah, but at the same time, you can't. I don't know. What am I trying to say? Like it, it certain things don't work for certain reasons. Yeah, and if if your mindset is okay, well, look, it didn't work then, but if I'm in charge then things will work better. Yeah. That's kind of like a bad way to, you know, to look at it. I mean, it took, how long did it take France to figure out that they really needed some help <laughs> after the revolution? What, about, yeah. like 90, 90 years? Yeah. They were doing this thing. It was like, if damn, we just can't get this shit right. Yeah. If you're, uh, if you're steering a giant ship and that's leaking or uh, has, you know, if there's, if there's structural issues, and you're just like, okay, well, we're gonna throw a new captain at the helm. That's not you're you're not addressing yeah. the actual issues. The actual issues, right? Right. Yeah, because all all these places have actual. Well, I shouldn't say all of these places because it's it's hard to say that those are issues. And I I don't live in that area, but it's hard to say that that downtown Seattle is a is a is a place riddled with those issues. Now I'm sure that there are parts of yeah. of Seattle that that do have those issues, but to camp out in downtown Seattle, it kind of begs the question, okay, you're, you're making your point about, about what, maybe you can answer that better than I can. Yeah. Well, there was, there was one night of, at the very beginning kind of, 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 of all the protests last year, mm -hmm. there was one night of actual um, like rioting um, where, I mean, people were smashing windows and looting stores and there were, there were cop cars that were being burned and wow. it was, it was crazy to see. Um, and, and, and that was, that was insane. That was crazy. Uh, the weird thing was like nine months later when you would see like a little clip of that and you would, people would say like Seattle pro, you know, protests mm -hmm. flare up in Seattle and you, and you see some footage and you're like, I know, I, I know that that footage was from 10 months ago. Ah, okay. They just like pulled like some footage of a Seattle cop car on fire. Stock and like, footage of it. Yeah. And they're just like Seattle protests. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, there are a bunch of people organized a protest and marched downtown and had speakers and mm -hmm. then peacefully dispersed. Um, but in order to like sort of sensationalize it, they would uh, they would pull footage from. I say they they the media. Yeah, them um, the media. Uh, but the big they. 
Yeah. And kind of Portland is going through a similar thing too, where, where yeah. nationally people have this image of Portland as being sort of like just anarchy, chaos, riots, but it, it it's not, it's like it's there was, bad. there was one park is kind of like Seattle. There was one area, like a couple of square blocks that, that, for a couple of months was fairly regularly there were protests they were basically surrounding a they were surrounding a federal building um and yeah again there were like there was a little bit of rioting there but for the most part it was not it wasn't as bad as as people seem to think and i still i had a i had a someone i grew up with just like two days ago messaged me and like and just said hey i'm thinking about moving to portland and this is someone i know who lives in iowa mm-hmm. and um and i was like oh you should portland's great it's it's like there's there's all kinds of nature around right. like downtown area is cool like you can do this you can do that and he he wrote back and he's like no 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 i'm just i'm just kidding i just want to loot you know lol i'm i'll stick around <laughs> here and i was like i was like are you is there like, uh, that was like a year ago dude um but yeah, it's just the 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 impression that people have. It's it's so hard to get like like because because of the internet we have a lot of information, but because of the internet we have a lot of bad information also. Yeah, well, and it's I mean, almost it's almost hard to like sift through what is legit and what is what is bullshit. Oh, absolutely, and you're able to surround yourself with to like insulate yourself with whatever information. Oh yeah. Sort of supports yeah. your 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 framework. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's easy to find a room of people to can just everybody will say yes. Yeah. 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 You know. And then that one person that says, "Well, I mean, geez, have we thought about this in a different way?" Oh, you're freaking racist, misogynist. You're, you know, homophobe. We're not talking about sex. You're still a homophobe. And, yeah. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> It's weird. It like it scares people into like even like saying something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like, and that's not helpful at all because everybody on on whatever sides, I almost said both sides, but there are like multiple sides. But everybody in their own little uh, cluster kind of like runs to their own corner, and then like yeah, uh, sort of um posses like, up with with their own people who believe yeah. the things they do and then you form your own little bubble of, yep. of reality and everyone else is wrong and no one can listen to anyone else and yeah it's uh yeah it's getting weird and it's also and, and there are a lot of thumb there are a lot of thumb thugs uh out there too who just uh you know they'll talk a lot of shit on the on the on twitter yeah yeah you know, but you know 30 years ago if you said that to somebody you get smacked so yeah, it's it, those days are over now. Those days of being like responsible for something you say is kind of like oh, done. Yeah. You can like like do it and then drop it and then and then yeah, that's you it. can you can sort of anonymously say really whatever you want. Yeah, um, and, and with with no repercussions. Yeah, yeah, it, it it doesn't. I don't know. We're 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 getting a little. We gotta like the tail is wagging the dog <laughs> yeah. thing. You know, yeah. we gotta get we gotta get this shit under control. It's great to have. It's you know, it's the reason why I'm able to do this. And and you know, I'm sure it's it's you know, it's helped 
it's helped you in, in, in your career. And, but, um, yeah, there's a lot of bullshit that you got to like sift through. And there's so much of it. It's like, like to get like something good and decent, Yeah, you know, to get like great, like you get like some great information that you can use. Okay. But to get through that, you got to sift through a bunch of crap. Yeah. And it's the same with, with music or mm -hmm. art or anything else now, because anyone that wants to can now put together an album and throw it online. Mm -hmm. uh, anyone, you can, you can take your, you can take your, your, you can take your cell phone and shoot a short film and yeah. stick it online. You can put, you can, anyone can throw a thing on YouTube. Anyone can put an album online. That doesn't mean it's good. Right. You can put it up there. So it's kind of the ultimate, like, democracy, I guess, of like, well, I'm just going to put my stuff up. And then if anybody likes it, they can, if they can find it, if they can sift through the ocean of shit to find this one little gem, yeah. um, then it's there, which is cool because it used to be, you know, uh, 20 years ago, even if you wanted to get your music out there, you needed to, you know, on a, on a national level or anything like that. Um, anything beyond just like making tapes or burning CDs and, and selling them at shows or getting them out mm -hmm. to your friends or do it, selling them regionally. If you really wanted to get your music out there, you had to like hook up with an AR person who right. would set up a relationship with a label and then a label would uh, um, give you forward you some money and then you would, they would start to develop you and they would send you out on tour with other bands and they would hook you up with a producer and you would go through this whole thing. And it was, um, you were kind of dependent on the infrastructure of the industry yeah. to help you get out there. Um, and now that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, so anyone that wants to can just throw a, throw their music out there, which is great in a way, right. but then the flip side of that is then, it's hard to find all this stuff because you're sifting through right. eight billion albums yeah. and find something new. And people's but attention span and people's attention span is not, uh, it's hard to hold somebody's attention. Yeah. For yeah so, it's, so it's not even, it's not even, you're going to get a good listen to, to somebody or a particular artist. Yeah. You know, you'll listen and then, you know, fraction of a second later, you're, you're on to something else, you know, and if that person doesn't come up with something else, to fill in that half second void that you filled in that you've avoided. You've just, you've escaped it and you've just moved on to something else. Yeah. You got like 30 seconds to catch someone's attention and catch someone's attention. Yeah. How, how often, how often do, uh, do you and your band now, what band do you win? Because every time I catch up with you, you're in, you're either, it's either a band with a different name or a totally different band. I am constantly playing in several different bands. Um, that's, that's the thing about being a drummer. Um, uh -huh. Every band needs a good drummer. Yes. So that is uh, that is a reason to become a drummer. If you're like a young musician trying to figure out what you want to do, there's a million guitar players out there. You know, uh -huh. bass players are are kind of easy to find, but a good drummer is a hot commodity. Now, the flip side of that. 
is that you have to lug all of your shit to all the shows. I was about to say. And so. here it's like you got to set it all up and then you play. And then when you're done, you got to tear it all down. And by the time you're by the time you're all packed up and 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 ready to have your like post show drink, like the bars, bars everyone's cool. cleared out. Everyone else is gone. <laughs> and it's just like you and the sound guy. And you're like, well, I guess you want to have a beer. Um, Game but, uh, works. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I I have kind of always played in several bands. Right now, let's see. I'm um, I've got like original bands, bands that play original music mm-hmm. that kind of nobody <laughs> cares about, um, but they're fun. Uh, one of them is called Fonzarelli, and okay. uh, uh, we've put out a, a handful of albums and played a bunch of shows around town and done a little bit of touring. Um, another one is called White City Graves. Um, that's a band that's been around for a long time. I just started playing drums with them a couple years ago. Okay. Um, they they needed. They asked me if I would sub a couple of shows. They're like, our drummer just quit, and we've got some uh, shows coming up. Do you want to sub? Because um, I, I I knew them, and so I was like, yeah, sure. So I subbed for a couple of shows, and then just joined the band. Uh, we just put out a new album during the last year, which was kind of weird to put out an album, but not be able to have like an album release party or, <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, it's online. How'd you, yeah. How'd you get around that? Say, hey, the album's out and uh, yeah, basically I'm going to bed. So yeah, pretty much. Well, it's like, well, <laughs> and now it's on Spotify, so you can listen to it. Um, we did order vinyl, so um, we're still waiting. The, the vinyl industry is crazy. It's like a year wait to get vinyl press now. Is it really? Um, yeah, because there's only like three or four places in the world that actually press vinyl. There are a hundred places that say that they will get you vinyl, mm-hmm. um, and then they just all go to the same three or four pressing plants. And, wow. Um, every, everyone is so far stacked up. Uh, that it's like a year wait. Um, but let's see. So Fonzarelli, White City Graves, those are kind of the original bands that I play in. Um, and then I play in some cover bands. Probably the biggest one is an ABBA tribute band. Okay. I've seen that one. Yes. And so that, that's, 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 you know, the, 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 the cover bands are what you do for money. Right. You play, you play at weddings, you play at casinos, you do corporate events. Um, and it's, artistically i don't know if it's necessarily fulfilling but uh if you show up somewhere and play the drums for you know an hour and a half and walk mm-hmm. away with 500 bucks in your pocket you're like that's okay. a good night that's a, that's a, it's almost like a job that's a good <laughs> that's a good night people, yeah. people do like good cover bands though yeah. i mean I, I it can be like if 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 you're a serious musician in other bands, it can be a little like I guess soul soul drenching every once in a while playing the yeah. same songs. And a lot of people have a lot of environments will probably request like the same the same songs multiple times. And yeah, and you kind of have your set list and you play through it, and it's it's fine. It's it's it is fun playing in the cover bands to play songs that people know and immediately respond to. Mm-hmm. Like I also play in an '80s cover band. Um, and then I have like this nineties cover band. We've only played a couple of times. Um, but it, it, those types of bands, as soon as you start playing a song, uh, a immediately everybody, it's immediate response. And it's, it's same with the ABBA stuff. 
Mm -hmm. Like every song you play, everyone in the audience is like, oh my God. And they look at their friend and they're like, ah, and then they start singing along and they're <laughs> dancing. And you're like, okay, this is the millionth time I've played Dancing Queen. But right now in this place, it's the best damn thing in the world. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, you know, between me playing music and then um, I play in a, like a punk band called Haircuts That Hurt, which is a lot of fun. That's the one I was listening to today. I yeah, was yeah. I was listening to Haircuts That Hurt today. Yeah, that's we just put out a little EP and um, I play in sort of a fun, like jazzy sort of cabaret band called Miss Mamie Lavana, the exotic mulata and her oh white boy band. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Or just Miss Mamie. Um, but that's fun. That's kind of like 20s vintage swing jazz type of stuff. Okay. Um, and between like playing gigs and then uh, we also upload all of our music to a music library to get used in TV shows. Okay. Um, uh, so make, you make a little bit of money that way. You make some money playing gigs. You sell some merch. You don't really make money selling albums anymore. But um but between like, you know, uh, licensing for TV shows and right. playing gigs and doing corporate events and weddings, you can make a little bit of money there. Between doing that and acting, which I've continued doing since since college, um, since I moved out here, doing, I mean, stage acting, which is great and and fun, but there's not really money to be made there it's really hard to make a living doing that but it's right. fun and it's very fulfilling um but voiceover work um i do a lot of voiceover stuff voices for video games and mm -hmm. um radio ads and stuff like that uh and and then like film and tv and corporate in seattle right now we've got a lot of corporate work okay so like stuff for microsoft and amazon um i've done training videos for expedia t-mobile starbucks oh. boeing um yeah that, that's a market that people don't think of when they uh when they're going to go into acting the yeah. uh the, oh, absolutely. The, the corporate the corporate gigs that you can get which i'm assuming they give you a nice chunk of change to to do those yeah i mean it's it's you know you just get a day rate so you but but it can be, you know, it can be like, it can be from 300 to 1500 bucks for right. a day, you know, but if you're getting, you know, 1100 bucks a day to go and shoot something, it's like you're shooting a little short film. It's just, right. it's a short film about um, Office 365. There you go. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I'm the, I'm the wacky, I'm the wacky uh, accountant. Um, you know, and then you're like, okay, I'm cool. Here's my deal. And, and the acting community in this town is pretty small. So you generally end up knowing, you know, you know, a lot of the crew people, mm -hmm. especially after being here for 25 years, it's like, you know, the other actors, you know, the crew people, sometimes, you know, the producers. And so, and all the crew people, they're the same way. They're yeah. they're all doing this corporate stuff. And then maybe you go shoot like a fun short film with them or um, you know, you know them from just being around town. And it's 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 fun to go and, and do these corporate shoots. And it, and again, it's not if it's not necessarily artistically fulfilling, but 
well, it's, it's work. It's a job. Yeah, it's work. It's a job. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, you can kind of kind of get like the romanticism is is like, uh, you know, you kind of have to like. I guess it's just with anything else. Like as you get older, like the the, the romance of something like goes away. Like it, it becomes it becomes work, and you have to work at it. Yeah, and you have to work, and it's it's about uh, it's about doing the work. Absolutely, um, voiceover is. I, I'm I'm teaching voiceover classes now. Oh, okay, and, and like producing voice demos for for people in town um, because especially during COVID times, all of a sudden every actor in the world wants to get into voiceover because it's something right. you can do from home. <clears throat> it's it's kind of when you talk about the romanticism, everybody romanticizes voiceover thinking, oh, I, I've always wanted to do voiceover. Like I love doing wacky voices and like 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 funny accents and just mm -hmm. like, I would love to do like, be like on a, like do animation or like be on a cartoons. It's like, oh. That's at least not in Seattle. That doesn't exist. You're, you, wow. There's video games, which mm -hmm. are a lot of fun. Um, but mostly, again, it's corporate stuff. Or like I worked for 10 years. I worked for a company here in town that all we did was record on hold messages. Wow. So five days a week, I went into their studio for an hour and just recorded like, thank you for calling. Uh, your your patience is appreciated. <laughs> Did you know you can pay your bill online? Like just, and again, it's like dumb little niche things that you can do to 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 make your living. Like I haven't, honestly, I haven't had a real job. And the last time I really had a job was like two thousand one. Wow! So I've, God, I've God bless you. <laughs> twenty years. Twenty years. That I've sort of been able to cobble together a, a living, uh -huh. um, which is why it was weird last year, all of a sudden in March, that just like the yeah. the rug got pulled out from underneath all of that. And it was like, oh, I can't do anything. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you about that. So how, how were you able to cope at that time when and all of a sudden there were, I'm assuming there were very little opportunities? Yeah. Um, Luckily, I had a little bit of savings um, that I was able to sort of live off of. Um, and then I was able to get a mortgage deferral when the okay. like, second with that second stimulus bill was a big one because it uh, really expanded the mortgage deferral thing. So all of a sudden I, I didn't have to make a mortgage payment for, for 12 months, which was okay. like, that was awesome. Epic. Um, that, uh, that honestly saved me from probably losing my house. Um, and then also in that second round of stimulus, they expanded unemployment benefits to cover freelancers. So instead of the normal state, um, okay. UI unemployment insurance, they created a separate system called PUA pandemic unemployment assistance okay. for freelancers and self-employed people, people who, who didn't qualify for unemployment, qualify under, for unemployment right. under the like standard program. They created right. a separate program for these people, which like, if it wasn't for that, I probably would have had to sell my house and like, you know, oh. move in with, go, go, go move in with my parents or something. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> um, how, but, how uh, yeah. for, 
for the, the the unemployment thing for the freelancers is great because not everybody had that opportunity. I think um, I when I was talking to uh, to, uh, to to Kim Swank, I talked to her every once in a while. Yeah, and she said that's an issue that they had in California is that there there were freelancers who were getting you know you would get a check. You're not you're not you're not getting a, a regular paycheck. Yeah, and they couldn't you know they had trouble uh, getting unemployment insurance and. So each state was different in that, and it's kind of cool that your state was able to to see that that was an issue. Yeah, they I think they got money from the federal government, and they created sort of this separate program for freelancers. Now it ends, uh, I want to say, in August. Uh, so then that's at that point, it's all that's done, right. um, and then it's kind of back to reality, which is interesting because I'm, I am starting to book stuff again. Okay. I'm starting to book gigs again, but I'm not booking, like, I'm not, I'm not playing gigs. I'm not acting in plays. I'm not playing music live. I'm not, mm -hmm. I will be come like August, September, October, like, right down the road, the, the back half of my year is starting to fill up. My calendar is starting to fill up, which is great. It'll be nice to feel like I'm actually working and making money again. Um, but it's, there's kind of this, this weird no man's land currently of like, well, uh, what do you do now? I'm, I'm starting to book stuff. The, the, the unemployment's about to run out. Um, and I'm booking things, but I'm not necessarily going to be getting doing these gigs and getting paid for like gotcha. a few months, a couple of months. And gotcha. a lot of times with like a, like a voiceover thing or an acting thing, you'll do the job and then you have to submit an invoice and then you don't get paid for 90 days or something. Really? You know, yeah. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Frequently. It's, it's not that like, long, you do the thing and then, sorry. Well, no, I, I was I, when you when you said that I wasn't expecting to hear ninety days. I'm thinking like at least like a month. I'm like, but ninety yeah. days, shit. Thirty days is should be standard. A lot of times it's sixty days. Sometimes it's ninety days, and especially if you're, um, I book a lot of voiceover work online. Like I have an mm -hmm. agent in Seattle. I have an agent in Portland. I have an agent in San Francisco, um, and then I have uh, some people in uh, Las Vegas. I I, I book stuff through um, occasionally. But then I also book a lot of things myself online. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, voiceover websites you can join. And there's 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 a lot of really crappy, low-paying work that you kind of ignore. Uh -huh. but, but regularly, there'll be like, you know, a nice, high-paying, you know, good job. Right. Um, and um, but a lot of those times you you spend more time sending an invoice, tracking invoices, <laughs> try, wow. you know, trying to get a hold of someone when three months goes by and you haven't been paid yet. And you're like, okay, this is not, this is not what I, this is not what I expected. It's not what you expected to be doing. Yeah. yeah. Spending most was, of your time. Yeah. Chasing money. <laughs> when I was at the theater department at the university, of Missouri, <laughs> I was not planning on like having to have a spreadsheet to be able to track my invoices. There you go. That's what it's about, man. I I remember seeing you bring your spreadsheet in there. Yeah, right. You should take um, it to your you should take it to your uh, to your classes and say, hey, look, this is what you spend most yeah. of your time doing. This this invoicing. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, no, I, I remember senior year having a thought um, that like when I, when I was planning on moving to LA, mm -hmm. um, I specifically remember having this thought process of like, okay, so I'm going to go to LA like I'll do movies and like uh, maybe TV, but like mm. mostly I want to do theater, you know, like real acting and like uh -huh. definitely like no commercials. Like, ugh, bleh, I'm not going to stoop that long. You know, <laughs> that's like five years later when I'm like, Oh man, come on. Just, just let me book, just let me book this commercial. Like, come on, here we go. <laughs> so, I, I I did get kind of spoiled when I moved to Seattle. My very first audition was for the movie Ten Things I Hate About You. Okay. Which was filmed out here in like 96. Mm -hmm. Um and that was my first audition. Like I I I bugged oh, that was my first audition with my agent. The okay. actual first audition I went on was just something I got out of like the back of like the the weekly art newspaper, they had like a little call board, and I was like, "Oh, okay. go audition for this feature film." And I went and auditioned, and I booked it. I was like, "Great, this is easy." Um, and then you <laughs> this know, is easy. I'll be a millionaire in no time. Yeah, right. Shot this like no budget feature that I think still like twenty five <laughs> years later is on Stars Family. Um, but uh, through that, all the other people in that movie were represented by this one agent in town uh that i was that i really wanted to get with because everyone okay. i talked to was like no she's the she's the one she's the one um and so after i shot that film then i went and talked to her and she put me on her roster and then my first audition through my agent was for 10 things i hate about you and i was like nice. okay cool this is what it's like and then um i did the audition i did a callback then i did a second callback and then I did a producer meeting where it was like meeting with the um, the director, the casting director, the director okay. and the producer, because it was the production was out of L.A., but they were shooting it in Seattle. OK. Um, and so I like had this meeting with all these people and they were like, well, um, we're either if we cast locally for this role, we're going to cast you. But if we cast from L.A., then we've got someone else in mind. And I was like, well, OK. Um, and then they ended up casting it out of LA. Um, and it was like a big role in the movie. Um, okay. but that was, it certainly spoiled me cause that was like the first six months I was in town and I was like, I already shot one feature and like, I basically got a second feature. They just, they just cast it out of LA, but they basically told me that I got it. So, so the next one's mine. So the next one's mine. And then. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that was, and that was, now I'm kind of anytime an audition comes through, I'm like, Oh, what's this? Oh, come on. Grab it. Please. Stab it with a fork. Please. Yeah, that's, something cool. Something cool. Yeah. That's kind of like the Dan Marino thing in, uh, in football, like this first Dan Marino's rookie year. Yeah. He gets to the Super Bowl and it's like, well, shit, this is going to be like at least every other year for the rest of his life. Never, never sniffed it again. Nah, not even close. No. But, but 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 you still uh, like managed to put together an impressive reel though i mean you you you've, you've got a long catalog of work oh thank you thank you you've done your research well i just <laughs> i just know who you are so i just yeah. uh, <laughs> i no, pick you up every once in a while it's fine and, it's, and it seems like all like you like i've seen a, a couple of your tv roles 
and they don't seem to change your name. Yeah. Like you're like like you all of a sudden become Roy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, this I think this is the third time I've seen him yeah. as Roy. Yeah. <laughs> like the, yeah. It's either it's either that or I'm just cop. Yeah. Or cop cop one or cop <laughs> cop two. So, there was I had an audition the other day um, because the uh, self tape, the the one interesting thing that happened during quarantine was all the auditions moved online mm-hmm. it's great because you got to like it forces you to get your get your little get your setup together so that you right, can right. like decent lighting and decent sound and you can submit an audition from home uh and now that stuff is starting to happen in person again i think a lot of casting is still happening virtually yeah. which is kind of nice um to at least for a first round of auditions like come on you you can look at a headshot and you can like watch me on tape. And then if you want me to come in for a callback, then great. That uh, first round is usually just like, what do you look like? Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, it's, exactly. it's usually like, do, do you look like what I think this, this character is? Exactly. That's hundred percent. Do you look like what yeah. I think this character looks like? The only, the only uh, major audition I ever went to, I stood in a line with about, it must've been like about 60 people. And they just, producers just walked around, just picked people. Oh, weird. Let's look at him, 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 and him. No, not him, him. Everybody else, thank you very much. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. It's brutal. And you're like, oh, I guess glad I took all those acting classes. Yeah, exactly. Glad I took all those acting classes and glad I shaved or didn't shave or whatever the hell the the, the thing Well, that was the difference. See, if you had shaved, then they would have called you. Or if you did shave, then if you hadn't shaved. There you go. I'm always like, I'm not I'm not tall enough mm-hmm. for this role. I'm just not skinny enough for this role. I'm too old or I'm too young or I'm too, you know, there's always like an excuse of like, ah, I'm not right for this. This this thing can like it can like chew up your fucking self-esteem if 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 you let it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I always say um I, that auditions are like little lottery tickets. You just do them and then you have to forget about it. Yeah. If, you, if you like sit around and think about it and, and, and worry about it and wait for the phone call, wait, 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 it'll drive you crazy. So you just, yeah. you do it, you forget about it. And then you, you, uh, you can't take it personally if you don't book it. It just means that like you're saying, you don't look like, what they had in mind. Maybe they needed right. someone older or someone taller or someone shorter or someone, someone without a beard, someone with a yeah. beard. I don't, you know, you don't know. Um, there's people, people say a lot, um, man, acting, that must be crazy. Like you're, you're being told no all the time. Like, doesn't that grind at you? And you're like, well, actually very rarely do you hear no. Yeah, it's just you do an audition and then you never hear. You just don't anything. hear anything. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They're not mean. They don't call you up and go like, "Hey, uh, remember that audition you did for that film?" Yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> we're good. We're good. <laughs> you know, you just don't hear anything, and sometimes you do, and uh-huh. sometimes it's a week later or a month later or five months later. Some, you know, I've I've gotten calls for things. I'm like, that 
That thing, that audition was like six months ago. You're yeah, yeah. Just you're you're still you're this. still doing this. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this anymore. How many people passed on this thing? <laughs> how how often do you um like update your reels and stuff like that? Like your because I'm sure you have like a especially for your voice. You do uh you, you like you I'm sure you had like stuff on file that if yeah. you can submit something you submit it. Um, my voice reel I update. Like fairly frequently, at least I try to, because it's it's pretty easy to update that. Like anytime, um, like just in the last couple of years, I um, like I just did a voice for the new Plants vs Zombies game. Okay. So if you uh, play Plants vs Zombies on your phone, there's a I missed it. yeah, there's there's a. I only looked it up when the audition came through. Uh -huh. and I was like. Oh, I've heard of this. And then I downloaded it and played it and was like, Oh, I get it. Okay. And it's, it is, it's kind of addictive and it's fun because the, um, there's no actual like lines or dialogue. Mm -hmm. Like it's all gibberish or, or simless sim simlish is what they call it because of the, the Sims games. Oh, okay. Like, oh, okay. okay. No one actually, they don't say any words. Yeah, they just kind of talk gibberish. So this, this, this uh, game does that. So the audition was just like making up gibberish. And I was like, okay, um, this character is just going to be like Scooby-Doo crossed with like a <laughs> old drunken old timey prospector. Right. <laughs> like just like dumb, stupid laughs. And that was the audition and they hired me. So I, like I did that. Um, I did some stuff for um, NFL, Yahoo Sports. Okay. Uh, and so you know, once once I do a like a couple of cool things, then I'll go through and add that to my reel. Um, I don't necessarily go through and change my reel every time. My acting reel, I need to update. Probably I haven't. Well, I would like to update it, but it's hard to update without like new stuff. Food. New footage and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I've still got I've still got some pretty old stuff on my reel. Like the oldest thing is, but it's the, it's like the coolest thing I've ever done. It was the the Cuba Gooding Jr. movie mm. Man of Honor. Yes. Uh -huh. I mean, that was that was two thousand one, so that was twenty years ago. That probably shouldn't be on my reel, um, but but it's the cool. But like you said, it's probably one of the coolest things it, you've done. So. Yeah. It was a major, it was like a huge, huge production. Like mm -hmm. it was insane to see after shooting a whole bunch of small, like indie films, um, doing like a, a big studio film was insane. It was like, whoa, okay, this is like no joke. Like they, they put us, we, we, we held for five days because we were shooting outside the, the, the scenes I was in were outside. Right. We shot one day and then mm -hmm. we didn't get everything we needed that day. So they held us over to shoot one more day and then it rained and then it rained for like three days, four days. Um, and they just, we all got, we all got paid our full day rate. We got hotel rooms, we got per diems. And it was just like they, it was, it was insane. Just so the, 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 the think, the, the thinking, uh, just the concept of like, oh yeah, we got to like hire, we, we got to pay these people to stick around. Right. I'd been doing like indie films where they were just 
they're scraping, they're trying to scrape an entire right. feature film out of a $50,000 budget. And they're like, yeah, right. if they, they don't need you that day, they don't want you around. Yeah. They don't want yeah. you around. They're not going to pay you, you know, bring your own food. <laughs> <laughs> that's bring a, bring a baggie. So that's, so that one scene you were in took five days to finish. Yeah. 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 See, and it was stupid. Like, it was like, really? I mean, it's like, it's like 45 seconds of screen time and it and wow. it was like you know technically two days of shooting with three days of rain in between but okay uh yeah that was yeah, fun gotta, oh i could look i, I look it benefited you definitely but yet you know long term like in the back of your head is going to be saying there's got to be a much more efficient way of doing this it's, yeah yeah I, part of me was like, like, I make my movie. I'm not. When I make my movie, movie. Yeah, I'm gonna be really <laughs> efficient. I was like, I wanted to offer. I to like. I was like, well, I'll just go home, and then you just you guys just call me when you need me. But then the voice in the back of my head was like, you yeah. dummy, stick nah. around, get your day rate, get That's free right. food, hang out with Michael Rappaport, and 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 like, <laughs> you know. Oh, that's, that's right. He wasn't that. He wasn't that yeah. movie too. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we all, um, we all stayed in the same hotel room. I went to Target. I went to Target with Michael Rappaport. That's my Michael Rappaport story. Oh man. We went to Target together. He bought a uh, new toothbrush and some toothpaste. Well, good for him. Yeah, Isn't that's he great. He told me I smelled <laughs> like weed. It was the you first thing like he said weed? to me. He's like, "You smell like weed. You got weed?" And I was like, "No." Did you smell like weed? I don't think so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't. I, I mean, I don't no. but then, but then he was like, after he asked if if I had weed, and I was like, no. He's like, can you get it? And I was like, oh well. I mean, we're close to Portland, so I could yeah. probably call someone. Like, probably call someone. Like it's fifteen minutes to drive to Portland. I'm sure I could get you some weed if you want. He's like, no, and your name, I'm and good. your name, your name's bigger than mine. You should have your own fucking weed. Yeah, yeah. I was, well, I mean, come was, on. He was uh he he was a he was a very fun person to hang out with actually. He yeah. was like, super nice, super cool. I just thought it was funny that he had to call his mom to ask for money so that he could buy a toothbrush. He's like, "Ma, put ma, just put some fucking money in the bank. I need I got to buy a toothbrush, ma. Come on, just put some money in my account." I'm like, "Bro, you're you're Mike, you're you're Dick Richie, man. You're Michael Rappaport. Like, you gotta ask your mom for money. But he was he's a very nice, very nice gentleman. Because he spends all his fucking money on weed, probably. That's probably what it is. So Michael, you're not spending it on weed, are you? No, I gotta get a damn toothbrush. I'm serious. Yeah. I'm stuck in his hotel in his rain. Yeah. Right. That that made that made being stuck in a hotel for three days worthwhile was just kind of hanging out with with a a, a, a actually a very like there was a core of dudes who yeah. hung around and Holt McCallany, like who I had no idea who that guy was before this movie. And ever since then, I've seen him in like a million things. And I'm like, mm. Oh, he's one of those dudes that's that, just that, like, that, that guy is in every movie. Yeah. And you have no idea. You, you recognize him, but you don't know his name. And he's like really good in everything he does, but like, he's not, there are a million. That's, that's what a lot of people don't realize. It like, in acting and in music, there are thousands of people who are successful in making a living at it that you have never heard of, that aren't, aren't famous, they aren't like A name or B like level actors or whatever, you know, whatever that means. They're yeah. just like working actors 
who yeah. are just doing it and you had you could you could pass them on the street and you would have no idea who they were and you're like that guy's been in like 20 movies i'm 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 trying to um to get a guy to do this podcast he he owns a um he owns a uh, a whiskey called a three chord bourbon Ooh. and i forget i'm and i'm going to kill myself now cuz i can't remember his name right off hand but he's he's a musician he's a very very well established musician musician slash producer and he's mm -hmm. uh he's uh he's married to pat benatar oh wow and for the life of me why can't i not remember this guy's name this is going to kill me and i can't remember his name hopefully but, it's not listening yeah thank god yeah <laughs> this is a great audition for that for that uh, podcast now he's going to be on but then you look at his freaking resume and it's like holy shit you've been and the 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 artists and the tracks are some of the more infamous uh infamous tracks you've heard he's, he's like that go all the way back to groups like ccr and 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 i'm like wow this and i've never heard of this dude yeah and and just like you said there's like thousands of people like that that are that just have their hands in a lot of stuff and have built successful careers but they're not the front guy yeah so you don't recognize them as as anything but you know they've had a hell of a career absolutely it's kind of a cool place to be it is. It's got to be like to be able to maintain your anonymity and still like have like within the industry, like you have your have your own have your cred to it. Yeah. People in that because people in the music industry probably, you know, revere him just like the the the, the cult guy you were talking about. Oh yeah, you know, I'm sure that there's yeah. studios that just revere that guy because of, of his hard work. But he can go anywhere he wants. He can he can, you know, he can go out with his family. He can go to dinner. He can. Yeah, and, and nobody's bothering him. Nobody's looking over his shoulder. And nobody's peeking around the corner, trying to get him to sign something. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, I I fight constantly with feeling like I've accomplished like nothing because I've you know set certain expectations for myself, and I'm like, oh, right. I'm, I'm almost fifty, and like, I've. I'm, I, what am I doing with my life? Like, I thought I would be, you know, I would have like toured the world and like been in all kinds of movies and done all this stuff by now. But, you know, what, is, ah, what, what are you doing with your life? But then I have to stop myself and sit back and be like, okay, well, okay. I was in a band that went to Japan and played mm -hmm. a tour. So I've, okay. I've, I've done a tour of Canada. I've done a tour of Japan. I've, I've toured around the different parts of the States. I've been in some like big movies. I've been on some network TV shows. Like, and again, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like a famous person by any means. And I'm, I'm barely able to like scrape a living uh, by <laughs> just playing music and acting, but, I'm able to scrape a living by playing. You're able to do it. Acting. And you've done it for over 20 years. And there yeah. are people who would, there, there are a lot of people who would trade that, who, who would trade that, who would trade your life, you know? That's and there's a lot of people who are, who are, there's a lot of people who are also scraping by and doing shit that they can't stand doing. Yeah. And also have like some sort of crappy part-time job that yeah. they hate on top of trying, no, to, exactly. trying to grind out the, the, the artistic yeah. life. Yeah. So, and you're always, and I think that thing in your head is probably like you're always like a step away. You are a mm -hmm. like you, you you can get a phone call. You can make a decision that sort of like propels you into it into a different uh, 
into a different stratosphere. Yeah. That's all that's always there. But but your 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 foot's in there, your body's in there. So and I'm I'm like I'm I'm submitting the tickets, the the little raffle tickets, the lottery there you tickets. Go. It's like, you know, you just you just wait for your number to get called and then you just have to be able to deliver the goods. That's really the thing is like being lucky enough, putting yeah. yourself in a position where you're given the opportunity. And then if you're lucky enough to get the opportunity, then like actually being able to deliver. Being ready. Being ready. Yeah. And then capitalize on it and try to like keep capitalizing on whatever that opportunity was. Bro, Stanley was broke 95% of his life. Yeah. And then that last that last 15 years uh was was golden for him. And so that's it. Everybody like and he was like he's like 50 years old and they're like, "Dude, you're going to give up this freaking comic uh, stuff because you keep borrowing money from me." So <laughs> you know, cut it out. But yeah, then man, and it happens. Everybody's a step away. Yeah. Everybody's a step away, and he's. What about you? Like, are like any artistic endeavors beyond the podcast? For no, you? no. Maybe some 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 writing here and there, but uh, I got I unlike you, I got I got very scared. I just got I just got very very scared, and uh, and just never never put my foot in it. Always found excuses for me for me not to do it. I've done some things. I've done some regional things and I've done some like, like regional theater and, and, you know, I had an opportunity to audition for like a couple commercials and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I was, I never got into it. And like I said, I got too scared and I gave myself a bunch of reasons why, I, why I shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know, so I, I look, I look at guys like yourself and, and, and I mean, people like, like you're, you're a hero. I mean, I didn't say it. I, I said it. you're a hero. You're a hero because yeah, you represent because you represent more than 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 uh, than you know somebody who's you know making multi millions of dollars on a on a set or something like that. You're 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 a working you're a working artist and you you're working at it and you're making your living doing it and you're and you're enjoying doing it. You enjoying yourself doing it. You know, wow. you're plugging away at it. You're 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 paying for the house. You're enjoying you know, your softball games with 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 your friends. You got it. You, you got you got a good life. You work for it, and uh, there's not a single person on the earth that you owe anything to. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Except for the bank, I guess I still got to pay for the house. But. Well, yeah, the bank doesn't count. They're assholes no, anyway. No, no, so no, I, just, I, I I I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that a lot, actually. Thank you. Yeah, so, I, I, I'm 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 fortunate to know to know guy people like you, people like yourself, and people like Kim Swank, and who who yeah. who 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 basically said, ah, fuck it, I'm just gonna I'm gonna grab these things and I'm gonna go and I'm you know gonna see what happens and you know let the chips fall where they may. And some of us some of us should have, and I'll put myself in that category. Some of us should have, but we didn't have the cojones to do it. Well, you know, the regional theater thing is is a good outlet. It's like a fun thing that you can get involved in and yeah. do, and uh, and uh, and it's not too much of a commitment. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's it is like getting involved in a in a in a live theater show is it's a bit of a commitment because you're like, okay, we're gonna rehearse for six weeks, right. and we're gonna do you know four shows a week for four or six weeks, so it's right. like two three months of 
of of your spare time. It's a, it's a right. part-time job for three months that you're not really getting paid for, but it can be very uh, uh, fulfilling. And you're in, and you meet, you have great experiences, and you meet fun people. And, yeah, um, yeah. It's whenever I start generally embark on a journey like that, I'm like, oh god, what am I doing? Um, whether it's like acting in a show like that or playing in the pit because that, that's mm -hmm. something that's another like weird little niche is like being a drummer in the pit orchestra you generally get paid more than the actors do don't, don't tell the actors <laughs> that the musicians right. are getting paid more that's than right. you um, go to the show you realize they don't show up until like maybe like what like 10 minutes before the yeah. Before yeah. Well, first you don't show up at all until tech rehearsals and then you're right. there for tech and you're there for dress rehearsals. And then, yeah, you, the actors have like an hour call and you have like a half hour call. Usually. Yeah. Like half hour call. And you usually show. And I, when I go to shows and I, I, I look at the, I look at the pit crew and I'm, I'm looking at the pit and I'm like, I love these guys showing up. They use, they got their coffee. They're just, they're, you know, it's like going to work. It's just like take the jacket off and they just, oh, oh, you hear yeah. them talking. You see, you see what Sandy did the other night. Oh, yeah, that right. Son of that's it's stupid. Fuck. I always like, um, cause usually I'm, when I'm doing that, it's usually like a, it's a more of like a regional theater thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there's usually, I, I love it when you get into the pit and you realize there's a dude sitting there that's got like, he's got a clarinet, he's got a flute, he's got an alto sax, he's got a berry sax, he's got a shaker, he's got a tambourine. It's just like, some like grizzled old like pit uh -huh. orchestra veteran who's got like like 15 things surrounding him and like every song he's playing a different and he'll like be playing a uh uh something with one hand while shaking a tambourine with the other hand and you're like this is awesome like <laughs> this is I, that guy that guy, that guy is my that new guy. that guy's my that guy's does it for me oh man it's kind of that uh that waiting for guffman thing Mm -hmm. You know that movie where they're when they're doing the actual uh, performance of Red, White, and Blaine, and like I think one guy's like playing a trumpet while he's like playing the snare drum. It's you get you make do you 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 make do and you make do yeah. and you, and you gotta love the life you got. Mm -hmm. You gotta it's love the life you got. It ain't it ain't nobody else's but yours. So find something that you love. Absolutely. Troy, I'm Troy. I'm gonna let you go, bro. I really appreciate you doing this, and I really right. appreciate oh, you uh, Anytime. connecting back up. And uh, hey, maybe we'll do it again when uh, when things uh, when things get a little bit more settled. When you start, uh, when your calendar starts filling up, you start yeah, telling right. Us about uh, sweet some of the exciting stuff you're doing. Yeah, man. No, anytime. Happy to do it. And um, if you're coming back out to Seattle again, let's uh, let's uh, obviously we'll have to meet up. We will meet up, and I owe you a bourbon because I think I was supposed to buy you a bourbon the last time that Sweet. I was up there All right. and I well, forgot to do it. Drinking some bourbon right now. Little, oh, what, four, you, what are you drinking? Four, four Roses. Oh, Four Roses is good stuff. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Four Roses is good stuff. Do you do you go up to your um? You got a couple nice distilleries in your area. We do. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of the Kentucky bourbon though. So okay, it's I have a hard time with the bourbons around here because they tend to like rush them a little bit. They don't let them okay. age because they're trying to get them out to market as quick as they can. So mm -hmm. they all taste a little young. There's one Westland distillery. 
okay. um, has one called the Sherry Wood that is aged in sherry barrels. Um, and I really like that. But apparently I just found out they're discontinuing it. So I oh, really? myself to not like that anymore. I don't even like that. I hate that stuff. I, I don't even right. want any of that. Yeah, you're, you're an actor. You can do it, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, right on, man. Good talking to you. Troy, you have a great night, brother. I'll catch up with you. All right. See you. Peace. Head on over to TroyLund.com. You can check out his, uh, some of his acting clips. You can check out some of his voiceover reels. Uh, check out his pictures. It's a good-looking dude. Uh, also, I created some uh, links in the show notes to uh, two of the groups he's a part of, Fonzarelli and Haircuts That Hurt. Uh, check out those websites. Uh, they're also available if you want to listen to, uh, to them uh, on uh, Spotify. Uh, and uh, they also have some clips on YouTube. And it's good to know things are opening up, that that calendar starting to fill up, Troy. All the best of luck to you, brother. Appreciate it. Anchor.fm slash John's Lonely slash support. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can help me keep John's Lonely podcast going. Thank you so much for listening. I will be back with another episode. In the meantime, peace.